on today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. You know, people assume there's a lot of like academic research happening on the discovery of new mushrooms and new species right now. We only know about 7% of the entire world's fungi. I'm really inspired by all, all these community scientists that are making these discoveries. And what's even more inspiring about that is each of those new species has a potential treasure trove of unique biochemical you know, properties that could have novel compounds. We're barely scratching the surface of what's out there. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. I am your host, Courtney Swan. Today's episode is all about mushrooms, functional mushrooms. We're not talking about psilocybin today, although I do have an episode all about psychedelics and psilocybin. Definitely go back and check out the episode that I did with Ali Shaper. We dove as deep as we could go into psilocybin. So fascinating subject. But anyways, I have the founder of Malama Mushrooms. His name is Ben Lillybridge on the podcast today. We talk about a lot of really exciting stuff. So we talk about his journey, how he got started in mushrooms, also where he thinks that the forefront is for mushrooms as we dive more into the research. Mushrooms is a really cool conversation right now because we realize that there's so little that we know, but what we do know is incredibly fascinating. Like the fact that they are all connected with this mycelium web and they essentially talk to each other and they talk to all the plants around them, which is just fascinating. And also goes to show that there's probably a lot there that we don't know about yet, which I think is really cool. But what we do know and what has been heavily researched is the effect that these mushrooms have on our brain, on our immune system, and how when used correctly, they can be really beneficial to our overall health. And when I say used correctly, the cool thing is, is there's no concern for overdosing, so you can't overdo it. But I guess more when I think about when I say correctly is when used for the right context. So like, for example, if you're looking for better cognitive function, you want to turn to something like lion's mane, or if you're dealing with something with your immune system and you really need to turn on your immune system, turkey tail is a great one. Or if you're wanting to calm down and go to sleep, reishi is great. I'm really excited about this conversation. I hope you guys love it. As always, if you are loving the podcast, if you could take a moment to rate and review it, it means so much to me. It really helps the show. And tag me on Instagram if you love the episode. Let me know what you think or send me a DM. I love getting your DMs. I love seeing your tags. It really means a lot. And I'm forever grateful for your support. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy it. BTR Nation is on a mission to help fix our broken food system one snack at a time. If that is not music to my ears, I don't know what is. I love these snack bars. Most snacks on the market are filled with tons of added sugar additives like maltodextrin, gums, natural flavors, which are so deceiving by the way, because there's nothing natural about natural flavors. BTR Nation strives to deliver on nutrition, clean ingredients, and taste, which is really hard to do. You guys know I'm not normally a fan of food bars because I find that the majority of them are actually really not that healthy. They're loaded in sugar. They don't have a ton of great healthy ingredients. And my biggest beef with them is that they don't usually fill you up. But all of these snack bars are boosted with seven to 10 grams of plant-based protein. They're non-GMO, there's zero added sugar, and they're naturally sweetened with nuts, spices, and a touch of pure monk fruit. There's no sugar, alcohol, stevia, or allulose. And these actually fill you up and they keep you full. They also have a line of these amazing truffle cups. They're nut butter cups that taste like truffles and they're made with sustainably and ethically sourced cacao, naturally sweetened with dates, and there's only two grams of sugar total per truffle. They're so good. They have amazing nut butter fillings like cinnamon, almond butter, hazelnut and reishi, and tart cherries and cashew butter. They're really, really good. I actually recently had the founder, Ashley Nicholson, on the podcast to talk all about natural flavors. And it was such a great, really eye-opening podcast. If you guys want to go back and listen to that, I really love Ashley's story and how she started the company. Unfortunately, it was it's a very sad story. She started the company after her parents passed away from rare forms of cancer and she was making her snack bars for them in the hospital because she was so disgusted by hospital vending machine snacks and cafeteria food because they were, you know, spending a lot of time in the hospital unfortunately. And she brought this mission to life to honor them. BTR actually stands for their family mantra, which is be bold, tenacious, and resilient. And you can use code RealFoodology for 20% off site-wide when you go to eatbtrbar.com. Again, that's eatbtrbar.com and use code RealFoodology. 
You guys know I'm always on the lookout for ways to strengthen my immunity, especially more than ever right now as we're going into fall and winter. And on top of that, I've been traveling a ton. So I was really excited when I discovered Armra Colostrum. I've actually been taking Colostrum for a long time. It was something that my mom put me on years ago because of its immune defense properties. And when I discovered Armra, I was so excited because it's really good high quality sourcing and it really works. Colostrum is the first nutrition that we receive in life and it contains all the essential nutrients that we need in order to thrive. Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses these 200 plus living bioactive compounds to rebuild our immune system barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. This colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, it fortifies gut health, it activates hair growth. I have personally seen this. I've had a ton of new baby hair growth. Also activates skin radiance and it also helps power fitness performance and recovery. On the immunity piece, there was actually a study done that showed that colostrum is actually more effective than the flu vaccine, which is wild. Look it up if you don't believe me. There's science and research behind this. It's pretty profound. Armra fortifies gut health and ignites metabolism so it can help combat bloating and help you feel lighter. The colostrum naturally fortifies your entire gut wall system, replenishing your microbiome, repairing the gut wall architecture and blocking irritants that can trigger symptoms like bloating, constipation and IBS. It also enhances nutrient, nutrient absorption, stabilizes blood sugar levels and accelerates fat burning for a revved up metabolism pretty crazy, right? And as I said before, it can reactivate hair growth and help growing skin. It reduces inflammation, especially like puffiness in your face and neck, stimulates stem cells to produce collagen and increase elasticity for plumper skin. Now, the cool thing is we have worked out a special offer for you guys, my audience. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash realfoodology or enter realfoodology to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash realfoodology. Ben, I'm so excited to have you on. This podcast is such a long time coming. We met through my dear friend, who's also your friend, and who happens to also be the producer of my podcast, Drake. And I'm so happy that he introduced you guys. And I'm so excited to dive into all thing mushrooms. So I have actually been putting your functional superfood mushroom powder extract mix in my coffee every single morning. And so is my mom. I also have my mom on the mushrooms too. So thank you. Yeah, shout out mom. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm so honored and stoked to be here. Big fan, first and foremost. Love everything you're doing, exposing transparencies in or like much needed transparencies in the food world. So yeah, super stoked to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on today. So I'm curious to know a little bit about your background. How did you get into mushrooms? How did you start your company? Um, yeah, what's your background and all that? Totally. So I actually began kind of more as an environmental scientist and agriculturist, disenfranchised with the industrial food system, conventional ag, which I know you're also keen on and have been exploring. Um, yeah, mostly the use of like pesticides and CAFOs and kind of doing more harm than good for the planet and people like us that occupy it. So yeah, I grew up in a uh, small town in Wisconsin around a lot of this industrial ag and just disenfranchised with it, wanted to study more slow food systems and how to, you know, do more good for the planet. And studying that, I kind of came across this TED talk called Six Ways Mushrooms Could Save the World by now famous mycologist Paul Stamets. And and he talks about how mushrooms can actually break down these things in our ecosystem, like pesticides, even plastics, motor oil, etc. So I was and thrilled to learn more, um, started actually experimenting with mushrooms myself, grew, started cultivating them, and then was uh, living in Hawaii, uh, in South Conan, and knew I wanted to make mushrooms my life. No one was hiring for enthusiastic mushroom guys, so knew I had to create the job myself. And I started growing mushrooms in a lava tube cave in South Kona, and just selling them at my local market, and really had this uh, vision of like a bigger project working on remediation micro remediation cleaning up damaged ecosystems with that and um it's kind of just snowballed from there and grown and grown and now we create value-added products like the one you mentioned and stores around the nation and um yeah that's kind of the short story or yeah the short version of it yeah that's awesome and you know what i was just thinking about as you were talking 
there's this common thread that I've noticed with all of my friends that are in some way or another involved with mushrooms, whether they have their own mushroom company or they're very passionate about them and they write books about them, whatever it is. You guys all have this vitality and this energy about you. I don't know if you know who Ellie Shaper is, but she's a dear friend of mine here in LA and she's very much involved. She has her own company called Super Mush and then she's also very much involved in more of the political side of things like trying to get laws passed and um, like with Sol Simon and, and et cetera. And you guys have this like energy and vitality about you that you guys are the literal definition of the people that everyone's like, what are they doing? Like, what are, what are they doing? Because I want some of that. And I think it's a testament to how amazing mushrooms are, you know? And and I do want to specify for my listeners, because I have done episodes before about psilocybin. We are more specifically going to talk about functional mushrooms today, which are the non-psychedelic variety. Although we can absolutely talk about psilocybin too, if you have any like fun facts for us to drop. But um, I wanted to more focus on like the the functional mushrooms today. Totally. Yeah. Allie's great. Psilocybin's great. That was the first variety I grew in my dorm room. Hopefully my mom doesn't listen nice. to this. But yeah, profoundly changed my life and really got me down this path too. But yeah, we're talking about more the functional, uh, non-psychoactive, but still super medicinal mushrooms here today. So Yeah. So, okay, I have so many like different avenues I want to dive down. I'm trying to figure out which one I won't go down first. So first and foremost, I know this is going to be like asking you to like name your favorite baby, but do you have a favorite mushroom? I do actually. Um, yeah, it's probably not one everybody will be totally familiar with. It's called, the genus is Latiparus. The common name is Chicken of the Woods. This is beautiful bright orange mushroom that grows. There's different species that grow throughout the world. California has a few. Um, they can't really cultivate it. So that is partly why it's one of my favorites because you kind of just got to find it and it tastes delicious. It's very medicinal, super high in antioxidants. And random side note, there's a native version that occurs here in Hawaii that doesn't have a name yet. So we were working with some scientists to give it an official name. And it's just near and dear to my heart. I have a spidey sense for when it's fruiting and we'll go into the woods and reliably find it every time and yeah that's one of my favorites but of the more common ones that everybody can get you know it's going to be cliche but lion's mane it's just it's so awesome there's new research coming out every almost every year on it like just this year a new um study came out on it showing its uh ability to enhance neurotrophic factors in our brain build nerve cells so I just love that one, both to take it consume, like consume it myself and give to my friends and family. Yeah, Lion's Mate is cool. So let's talk about it because you and I were emailing a little bit before this and um, we were talking about how Lion's Mane is trendy and you <laughs> dropped that research. So what what's the research telling us right now about Lion's Mane? The only thing I really know about it is um, I drink this coffee sometimes from Four Sigmatic and they put Lion's Mane in there to help up the cognitive function. And yeah. I have noticed for me personally, it does help with cognitive function a lot, especially when I pair it with caffeine. So what is it good for and what are the what's the research saying right now? Yeah, well, yeah, shout out for Sigmatic. I know you had Danielle on here before. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Great. And that was a great pod. I listened to it just to make sure I didn't repeat too much. But um, yeah, Lions means cool. And it's one that has a lot more, I would say, like recent human double blind placebo controlled clinical act trials about it. Um, I think in 2009 out of Japan, they had a study with um, two different groups, 15 people in each group, ranging from 50 to 80 years old. And one group was getting three grams of lion's mane per day. One group was getting just a placebo. No one knew what they were getting, neither the people giving them the tests. And then they gave them a series of cognitive function tests over several different weeks. I think at eight, 12 and 16 week increments. And these cognitive function tests were like count backwards in intervals of four from this number who are the last you know four presidents and stuff of that nature and um the group that was getting the lion's mane had significantly better levels of um just performed better on these tests than their group receiving the placebo and then interestingly enough they stopped giving them lion's mane and the placebo and kept giving them the cognitive function test and the group getting the lion's mane still did better, though eventually it did drop down to to meet the uh, the what the placebo group was getting. So 
it's obviously works. It's not a one time fixes all sort of, you know, thing like, you know, most herbs and natural medicines aren't. And, and so that, that one really rad. And then just this one that came out this year in January out of Australia, they took lion's mane, they put it in Petri dishes with human cells in them, notice an increase in uh, nerve cell activity. And then they gave them to mice and also give them a series of memory tests based on like falling mazes and whatnot. And they performed um, better than before. So pretty cool stuff. There's a lot more research too, even with um, depression and anxiety even. So it's known as kind of like the brainiac mushroom, but it really goes beyond that. And um, yeah, it's a very fascinating mushroom. And the best part about it is it's a good edible too. So most medicinal mushrooms are kind of hard and woody and definitely need an extract product to get the benefits. But lion's mane is a delicious culinary one too. You can probably find it at um, a store near you growing fresh or a farmer's market. So it's it's cool. You can cultivate it yourself and, and it's a very, very unique mushroom. I see lion's mane pretty often at this farmer's market that I go to in Mar Vista. There's a, a stand where they have more of the like non-traditional mushrooms that you would just see at like the grocery store, which I think is so cool. And also I'm always so blown away. They always, they look so pretty on the table. Yeah. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it doesn't look like a mushroom, you know, a stem in the cap. It's like this little furry ball with white, long icicle-like hairs. Um, very, very unique looking. Yeah, it really is. So you brought up the thing about depression and anxiety, and I'm curious because I've never talked about this before. So there's a lot of studies, obviously, that have been coming out about psilocybin and being really good for depression, anxiety, also just for like rewiring the brain and the neuroplasticity of the brain. For people listening that maybe don't want to go down the psilocybin route, which like I would, I would do it anyways, but... I am curious, are there other mushrooms that people can take that maybe have similar effects on the brain and the neuroplasticity of the brain that don't, that aren't psilocybin? Yeah, obviously lion's mane is the first one that comes to mind. There is a good study from 2010 on that showing that it uh, reduces um, anxiety and depression. It also helps with sleep quality too from that same study. Um, I believe that one was specifically on females and they were measuring actually its effects on menopause, depression too. So it was um, a, cohort, a bit of an older cohort. But um, the other one that comes to mind is reishi. Um, there's a couple of studies that came out on that as specifically with people undergoing um, breast cancer treatment. And in it, they're getting the endocrine therapy for the breast cancer, which was obviously hard on their body. And then the group getting reishi had a much uh, lower levels of stress, fatigue, anxiety, and irritability from the endocrine therapy. So I would say between reishi and lion's mane, those would be the best bets for someone looking for more like, you're trying to get out of a, a rut in terms of emotional health. I would definitely recommend starting with lion's mane and reishi every day, like two to four grams of a good fruiting body extract. Um, and start there because, and these things work, they compound over time. They kind of have a reverse tolerance effect, if you will. So you're more likely to feel the benefits um, after a week or two of use, as opposed to immediately though, some um, consumers report that immediately as well. You know, I think often when people are looking for more natural remedies, natural alternatives to pharmaceutical drugs, it's important to note that most of the time you're not going to feel it immediately because this isn't like you're taking like a Xanax or something, you know, like, right? Like it takes a little bit of time, but I do think that the wait is worth it overall because oftentimes people can go around having to take these really harsh pharmaceutical drugs. And look, I don't want to, I don't want to vilify anyone for being on them. I don't want to shame anyone. I also am not here to say, like, don't take them. That's not at all what I'm saying. But for, you know, I can only speak from experience of being around friends who no longer wanted to be on these drugs or didn't want to be on them in the first place because of the side effects that they were feeling. A beautiful thing about having these mushrooms at our our taking is that you can take something that doesn't have a side effect and there's actual real scientific research to back up that it's helping people. Absolutely, Courtney. That's a super great point. And yeah, just echoing your caveat, like, yes, SSRIs can work for some people. I know people that they've, you know, made their lives better, but I know some people that they aren't the best uh, tool for their 
for what they got going on and finding alternatives is the move. So, yeah, and we are kind of programmed in our Western world to look for these quick, you know, points of gratification, these like quick pills um, that just like do the work immediately. But that's not really, you know, the reality of what good medicine is and how to like positively change your brain and body, you know, it takes consistency and um, of wholesome products, you know, it's not always going to be in the pharmacy. And another cool thing, and I know Danielle and I touched on this, but I think it's really important and it's worth reiterating. What's really cool about mushrooms, and I, I want you to speak more to this, is the fact that they're adaptogenic, meaning that when you take them, they're so smart that they know what your body needs better than what you need or like what a doctor maybe is like prescribing pills for needs because they adapt to your body's own needs. And our body's needs change over time too, depending on what's going on in our life, what stressors we have in our life. Um, my needs are going to be very different now versus when I'm breastfeeding whenever I have a kid or versus like someone in their 80s, you know? And so can we talk about the adaptogenic thing, which I think is so cool about mushrooms? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in the first part. Like, they're adaptogenic; they can upregulate or downregulate according to the specific consumer's needs. Um, and that's particularly true with the immunomodulatory compounds of them. So that's their beta glucans, which um, Danielle talked a lot about too. Is that's really where we see their um, modulation shine. Um, but yeah, it's cool because there's no also like lethal dose right so not only does it upregulate or downregulate according to your body's needs but it also there isn't a known lethal dose of these functional mushrooms so it's not like you can overdose um definitely some people are more sensitive and they'll be uncomfortable if they go too high in their dosing but other than that they're relatively benign and you know safe to use so I really love that about them. And I agree to your sentiment that they're smart. And I think it's no coincidence that, you know, mushrooms are more closely related to humans than they are to plants, which is a fascinating fact. They fungi and mushrooms, they breathe oxygen just like us. They rely on consuming organic matter like food to live similar to us as opposed to plants that, you know, create sugar from the sun. So very fascinating um, organisms that we're barely scratching the surface of really knowing about we uh, i mean i could go on a tangent but yeah we only know about seven percent of the entire world's fungi so there's just so much more to learn within this amazing kingdom yeah it's exciting they also have uh you're probably gonna have to correct me on this is it called the mycelium the the root where they all speak to each other i mean they talk to each other <laughs> how cool is that yes, they're, they're, exactly they communicate through the mycelial web and not just to each other, but through all the plants in the ecosystem too. Uh, certain trees low in nitrogen, they'll actually send nitrogen and other nutrients down through the mycelial web, which um, again, Daniel talked about, but just to reiterate, is like this, it's like a web-like um, communication network underground. Um, Mycelium is one cell wall thick, the individual height they are. So very fascinating and an essential part of the ecosystem. and necessary for you know imagine if things didn't decompose you just have all this organic matter building up over time fungi and other microbes break that down and recycle it into the um into the soil create healthy soil which is important for food development and so on and so forth it's a incredible world but yes you nailed it with mycelium good job <laughs> Yay. Okay, cool. <laughs> um yeah and well and what you mentioned earlier is a fact that I have read before, but I forgot that they can break down pesticides, microplastics. I mean, the mushrooms are really cool. I saw a video on Instagram a couple months ago where a guy put these, I don't know what they're called, but he put little, um, some sort of musical like nodes or something yeah. on a mushroom and it was like singing a song or something. It, it <laughs> was making like a music essentially that he recorded. Yeah, that... I've seen that too. I don't know exactly what technique that is, but yes, it looks like, yeah, little nodes, little like electrode things they hook onto mushrooms and other uh, biological organisms and it measures the frequencies and converts it into sound waves, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah mushrooms has are... a frequency. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. 
So I want to talk a little bit about some other mushrooms that I personally know a little bit about and also that I want my listeners to hear about. So you mentioned reishi and helping people with cancer. What I know reishi to be good for is for calming you down, helping you get ready for bed. And isn't it also for immune function or is that turkey tail that's more immune function? Um, Both. Yeah, they both have shown evidence of um, immune function. But to your point, reishi also can help kind of like cool down or calm down at, you know, any part of the day. But a lot of people use it before bed. There's a good study showing actually increase of delta wave brainwave activity so it's good for like getting into a a deep sleep i think even like hypnotic states they've they've used reishi to like help induce so it's very cool and um yeah very awesome for cooling down and getting a good night's sleep and just kind of calming your nervous system down like for example right now had way too much coffee if i had a big scoop of reishi here it would kind of help like mellow me out a little bit and just like calm the nervous system um but If you need some, by all means, you can grab some. (laughs) We can show people in real time. (laughs) I wish I had a bioavailable version. I just have this Rishi conch in front of me. That's amazing. um, Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then to your point, yeah. But a lot of them have been shown to help with immunity. Um, Rishi definitely being one of them. And Rishi is kind of great for everything. The Chinese name Lingzhir translates to the mushroom of immortality because... They use it for so many different functions from the liver to the heart to lungs to mood to, you know, immunity, you name it. There's probably use of it and a a scientific paper to back it up. So very well studied and much revered mushroom in the herbal world world. And but turkey tail also super awesome for immunity. There's a clinical trial on that on women with breast cancer as well, showing that it increases natural killer cell activity. Um, so yeah, it's for reishi. That one was for turkey tail, but okay, that's what I thought. But there is a pilot clinical trial on reishi as well, where they actually use the spore powder, and that was the one I was mentioning before with the endocrine therapy. So that, but yeah, the specifically the breast cancer one was with the um, the turkey tail. Do you drink filtered water? Hopefully you do. And hopefully by now you know that tap water is loaded with all sorts of pharmaceutical drugs, pesticides, heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, etc. But what I'm here to talk to you about today is if you are filtering your water, you've got to make sure that you're replenishing the electrolytes and the minerals back in your water. One of the ways that I love to do this is with Element. It's spelled L-M-N-T. And by looking at the package, you may initially feel a little bit of a shock with the amount of sodium in there. But if you go back and listen to my episode with Dr. James Denick, who wrote a book called The Salt Fix, he talks all about how we, for the most part, are actually not getting enough salt. We forget that sodium is an imperative part of our fluid and electrolyte balance. We actually need sodium. It's imperative to have it in certain levels. And the majority of Americans are getting most of their salt from processed packaged foods and fast foods and from eating out. So if you are not eating out a lot, which hopefully you're not, but that's a discussion for another day, most likely you're probably actually not getting enough salt. So this is one thing that I love about Element is it has a really high sodium level and then it also has potassium and magnesium in there. So it's replenishing your electrolytes. Also, I love the saltiness of it. There's a couple different flavors that I love the most. The grapefruit is hands down my favorite. I also really love the raspberry and the watermelon. And if you're concerned about the natural flavors, they also just have a raw unflavored as well that has no flavors in it. It just has the sodium, potassium, and magnesium in there. Element gave me a deal to share with you guys, which I love them so much for this. If you guys go to drinkelement.com slash realfoodology, that's D-R-I-N-K, lmnt.com slash realfoodology. You're going to get a free sample pack after you make a purchase. So you get one packet of every flavor so you can try all the different flavors and then see which one you like the best. So again, that is drinkelement.com slash realfoodology. Element is spelled L-M-N-T. 
Did you guys know that in your mouth alone, there's more bacteria than there is the entire human population? How wild is that? And I know it sounds kind of gross, but it's really important to know that these 38 trillion microbes living in, on, and around you are actually super critical to your health. This is what we call your microbiome. And this non-human half of you helps you with daily functions like digestion, support your gut brain access, and they can even help affect your complexion. If you're struggling with skin issues, maybe digestion issues, mood disorders, all of these can be connected directly to your microbiome and the balance of good and bad bacteria in your gut. Now, we have both. We have good and bad bacteria, but we always want a good, healthy balance of good bacteria. And that's where taking a good pro and prebiotic comes into play. And while we talk a lot and hear a lot about drinking kombucha, eating yogurt, eating kimchi, kefir, etc., these do contain probiotics, but unfortunately the majority of those probiotics never make it through our stomach acid because they get burned off. So I really like Seeds Daily Symbiotic. If you struggle from any sort of skin issue, maybe like psoriasis or eczema, or maybe chronic yeast infections, a daily probiotic like Seed will really help you. And the reason why I'm super into Seeds specifically, it's a broad spectrum two-in-one plant-based prebiotic and also 24 strain probiotic. It's a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. I actually had the founder on my podcast. If you guys want to go back and listen to that episode, it was absolutely fascinating. And all about what really makes seed stand out from the rest. You can hear all about the systemic benefits. One of them specifically is their proprietary engineered two-in-one capsule that protects the probiotics through the whole digestion process to ensure that these probiotics actually get to your gut and help populate your gut. Some of the side effects that you might see when you start taking a good probiotic like seed include gastrointestinal or GI function, skin health, so improvement in your skin, whether you're dealing with acne or maybe psoriasis or eczema. It also helps with heart health, gut immune function, gut barrier integrity, and micronutrient synthesis of vitamins B9 and B12. So you may even see an improvement in energy as well. It's also known to really help with improving digestion as well. So that could look like better, healthier poops too. And who doesn't want that, right? Finally, last but not least, their compostable packaging is one of my favorite things about this product. So when you first get your your first seed package, comes with a glass jar. It's a really beautiful green glass jar that looks beautiful on your counter, which is also something that I just, it's a little added bonus. And it also comes with a little travel case. So you hold on to that jar and every month you get a biocompostable bag that holds your new monthly supplements in there. And then you just dump the supplements in the jar. So it's also environmental friendly and we're not putting more plastic in the landfills, which is also a huge, huge, huge issue right now. So if you guys want to start and try seed today, go to seed.com slash realfoodology and use code realfoodology to redeem 30% off your first month of seeds DS01 daily symbiotic. Again, that is seed, S-E-E-D.com slash realfoodology and use code realfoodology. So that was one I wanted to talk about because I've been focusing a lot about cancer recently on my podcast mm. um, because there have been a lot of reports coming out recently that we are seeing a rise in cancer numbers overall in our population, but we're also simultaneously seeing a rise in younger populations getting cancer ev- like more than ever before. And so I've really been trying to focus on things that we can take out and how to prevent and then also things we can bring in to also prevent as well. And so I've really been, I've been looking at a turkey tail specifically because I've been hearing that that has been studied pretty closely for breast cancer. And I know there's been a rise in breast cancer cases. So can we Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that? Totally. I mean, first and foremost, turkey tail is awesome. Tremetes versicolor is the the Latin name and What's really cool about it is it's felt, found pretty widespread throughout the world. Um, like I've, I, th- I believe I've found it in near Topanga Canyon. Like you can find it in almost every state. Um, and it, it's a polypore. So it's like one of those hard conch ones that grows like a shelf on logs and it'll grow in these big, mm. beautiful clusters. And it's named turkey tail because of the tail or the, the top of it has these like striations that look like a turkey tail. Go figure. But What's really cool about it, specific to uh, cancer development, is in, in 1977, it was first approved as a prescription medication in Japan as uh, for, for fighting cancer. So wow. it was a specific compound from it. They 
created this, they isolated a polysaccharide from it. Polysaccharide is just a complex chain, sugar chain that's in all mushrooms, but and this particular one was called PSK, polysaccharide. The K stands for the company that created it. But all to say is in 77, they approved it for medication in Japan. So there's this long history of it, in, at least in Japan and other parts of Asia. And I think in 87, it accounted for more than 25% of the national anti-cancer agents in Japan. So a lot of, um, you know, Eastern clinical you know, validation there. Obviously, the West is always a little bit behind in terms of these natural remedies that they, uh, yeah. So that's really going in the, the clinical trial just that came out in, I think, the early 2000s here in the States showing that six grams, I think, daily uh, for four weeks was enough to increase natural killer cells. That's awesome. And are they finding that it's actually targeting the tumor itself or is it more having an effect on our white blood cells as natural kill, natural killer cells, which are then attacking the tumor? Does that make Great sense? Great question. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I've, I remember specifically the increase in MK cells and natural killer cells. So I'm not exactly sure if it was doing anything specific to the tumor, but it certainly could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I love that you brought up that thing with that you said it was the Japanese that created the that medication. So yeah. I've talked about this before on podcasts and I I was really shocked to find this fact out when I did. And so I think it's so important for people to hear this. A lot of the medications that we're creating, like pharmaceutical prescription drugs, are based off of compounds that we find already in nature, which totally. I think is so fascinating. And so when you look at some of these pills that are um, you know, created from these compounds and they're essentially trying to mimic these natural compounds. And then you look at oftentimes all the side effects that we have from these pharmaceutical drugs. Well, why are we not just going to the natural remedy in the first place? It's so frustrating. <laughs> because you can't patent it and make billions of dollars exactly. off of Cornet. Come on. <laughs> right. I <laughs> no, know. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. God forbid great, we can't make great point. Yeah. It's like, God forbid <laughs> we can't make money off of people's suffering. Right. It's just and, so frustrating. Yeah. It is. And yeah, the it's interesting. I obviously always have kind of a fungal lens on it, but there's obviously, this is the case for a lot of plants too. Like I believe white willow bark is the, what like aspirin is isolated from um, or like synthesized from that compound originally. But yeah, I mean, fungi I always talk about, and this is kind of beat to death in the mycology sphere, but you know, the first antibiotic penicillin was is from the penicillium mold, which like grow, you'll see that grown on your citrus. It's like that weird green thing. And that was accidentally discovered in the early 1900s in a scientist's lab. And they noticed it was out competing the surrounding bacteria around it. And eventually that was deployed during World War II to more troops were more likely to die of infections than the actual wounds themselves. So, and since then, it's just revolutionized our world like antibiotics we kind of take it for granted but it's crazy life to imagine life without it yeah yeah for sure we definitely over prescribe them now which i'm sure you probably feel the same way totally yeah. um but but they're life-saving we just need to be not prescribing them for viral infections when they are meant <laughs> to take out bacteria but that's Ab absolutely and people need, need to find like other ways to just boost their immune systems and stay healthy instead of relying on pills. Yeah. Well, and what's scary about the antibiotic thing, and we don't have to talk about this for long, but if we over-prescribe them, we overtake them eventually, they, they're they very smart. We These microorganisms are so smart. Like we're learning about this, about the mushrooms, also about bacteria. They eventually, they're learning how to get around this now. And so it's incredibly concerning because we don't want to overprescribe them because we're these antibiotics are not going to work anymore. Totally. No, yeah, it's it's mm. creating a super it could create a super strain that yeah, they don't work for anymore and I think that's also why they say like well one finish your course, right, of antibiotics because you think you're fine but you're just weakened it enough and now it's able to replicate to, you know, self-select, naturally select to become a super strain and then yeah, it's uh kind of scary to think about. 
Yeah, it is frightening. I wonder if there's going to be a time that we're going to be worried about this with mushrooms where we're like, okay, we overprescribed them. They have a mind of their own. They were like overtaking the world. Like I wouldn't be surprised. You could ask Pedro Pascal that from The Last of Us. I don't know if you saw that. No. (laughs) It was like this HBO show that came out with the, it was this phenomenon because the cordyceps mushrooms like infected society and oh i heard about this (laughs) i mean they're very smart you know well it'll be interesting to see i'm very curious what do you think is the forefront like what do you think is coming next for mushrooms and everything that we're discovering at the moment like what is some new stuff that you're seeing come out yeah great question um i've been really hyped on the community science aspect of things so what i mean by that is you know, people assume there's a lot of like academic research happening on the discovery of new mushrooms and new species right now. As I mentioned before, we only know about 7% of the entire world's fungi. So, um, but I'm really inspired by all, all these community scientists um, that are making these dis- discoveries, doing the work, like the microscopic work and the DNA molecular work to describe new species. And it's just very inspiring. And we're working on doing stuff like that here in Hawaii based on these community scientists model around the world. And what's even more like inspiring about that is, you know, as we dwindle down this 93% of the entire world's fungi left to be found, each of those new species has a potential treasure trove of unique biochemical, you know, properties that could have novel compounds to help with medicine, to help with alternative materials, to help with agriculture amendments, to help regenerate um, healthy soil. And it's, it's really just, we're barely scratching the surface of what's out there. And it all begins with these giving these species a name and studying them. So I'm, I'm most excited about that. And, but um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that. And you mentioned Hawaii and we haven't talked about this yet. So you, did you move from Wisconsin to Hawaii to grow your mushrooms? Pretty, pretty and much. I why was, Hawaii? Uh, so I went to university in upstate New York after Wisconsin, but was again, trying to be an environmental scientist and agriculturist. And Hawaii was just the most relevant place to apply that because it just such a unique ecosystem that has a year round growing season. So you can grow virtually any crop throughout the year. It also has 10 of the world's 12 climate zones on this one Island. So a very unique terroir to grow anything and had some family friends here. So just kind of went for it after I graduated. I had Lyme disease and at the end of college and was kind of just needing to heal and um, eat straight from the land for a while. So moved out here and just started farming um, and helping with uh, environmental programs here full time. And again, just kind of running the cycle of crops like small little farms doing just like homesteady stuff and then a big aquaponic farm and then a huge 90 acre algae farm that grew um, like spirulina and bioastinance or astaxanthin and stuff that you'll see at health food stores. But yeah, mushrooms are just really the thing I wanted to get into. I was most interested in and this was just, it just started, it made sense. I was here and started making it happen. And there's a niche here. There are not a lot of, uh, people doing mushroom cultivation or products here. And, and then as I got into the science, there's, it's pretty fascinating. There's 160 endemic mushrooms that occur here, meaning native here and only found here, and only about 60 of them are known. So kind of just feels like a real life, um, you know, treasure hunt where it's like, there's these really unique and rare mushrooms that occur here that no one's really working on and no one has given a name or found and just a very interesting place to live. That's cool. That's really cool. And what you said about the species that we're still discovering and learning about, I'm excited to to see everything that comes out of that. That's really cool. Are you involved in that in any way? Like, are you trying to find new species and studying them at all or? Totally. Yeah. We, uh, we co-founded a project called the Hawaii Fundry Project, which is pretty much dedicated to that. We received two grants in 2020 and 2021 where we were given essentially they just covered our costs for testing the dna of these mushrooms so just essentially um confirming the molecular identification of it and we found about like a hundred and we submitted about a hundred species and during those two years and only 50 percent had a genetic match 
which was really interesting. So um, now, yeah, not to go down a you know nerdy rabbit hole, but the genetic technology is so new. <laughs> yeah, I'm, let's I go. Think you appreciate it. <laughs> uh, long story short, like the genetic technology is so new that um, just because something doesn't have a genetic match doesn't mean it hasn't been found before. It could just mean if it was found somewhere else, no one uploaded it to or tested it for genetics yet. So very fascinating there. And we're doing um, a large community science effort here in on Kauai in November. That's we're just going out and collecting as much as we can find. We're making high quality observations and um, submitting them for DNA sequencing and doing microscopy on them. And yeah, so very involved with that out here. And, Fun. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. So do you, I mean, you literally just go out mushroom foraging and try to find new species. <laughs> Is that how it works? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, cool. not in, uh, open to find any species, uh, any anything, even mm. old species. Like a lot of, you know, what we think we know just ain't so. And uh, for example, like most mushrooms, ha- like people identify them based on their morphological features, meaning what you can see with your eye or microscope, but turns out their DNA is something totally different. So with this new technology, it's really important that anything you find to test for DNA to really confirm what it is. So long story short though, yeah, just pretty much finding stuff and then, um, you know, drying them and making high quality um, uh, observations. Cool. Okay. So I want to go a different direction right now because this I've been very excited to talk to you about. So, you know, one of my favorite things to do uh, with Real Foodology is to call out when companies are not being transparent in any realm, especially in the food industry. And you were explaining to me that there's some controversy around the way that people are growing their mushrooms. And I'll let you speak more to this because I don't, I can't really speak to this too much, but it's like people are growing their mushrooms on grains, right? Versus in the soil. Is that what it is? Not necessarily that. That's not totally an issue. Like, okay. yeah, I guess like in, in a cultivation setting, you have to grow your mushrooms on some sort of substrate. Grain is uh, an abundant and like relatively cheap one. Um, for wood growing mushrooms, obviously sawdust and wood chips or logs are always better. That's more like akin to the profile that they grow on in nature but um, not necessarily a deal breaker if you can't grow them on wood um, the issue is that companies are just growing the mycelium um, out on a block and then powderizing that and selling it as mushrooms and the analogy that i like to use i know danielle uses is like the mushrooms like the apple of the apple tree right it's just the reproductive organ it's just the fruit there's the entire other part of the organism, the tree and the roots, that is the mycelium. And we know that in the nature, it's in the soil. In a cultivation setting, it's like in your your substrate bag. Um, yeah, so what's interesting is mycelium is not necessarily bad to consume. And in some cases, it creates medicinal compounds. So the issue isn't mycelium versus fruiting body necessarily. The issue is that the compound... The, the issue that's not the majority of the product is mycelium. The majority of the product is still the grain they grow it on. So inherently, the consumer is getting powderized like grain, which is like oats or brown rice or, or something like that. So um, yeah, even one of the patents on this, like this specific technology that these companies do says the end product's 30 to 40% mycelium, 60 to 70% grain. So it's not just a matter of like a little bit of grain. It's like majority of it is grain. Yeah. So, yeah, there's like uh, a company doing like uh, trying to, I guess, uh, petition the FDA to get more transparency in the labeling of this. Uh, I don't know how successful that's going, but we're just to talk to people about that because we pride ourselves in 100% fruiting body. I know Four Sigmatic does as well and some other companies and um, just, yeah, I want to be transparent about selling mushrooms because that's what we want to do. And some people say they are, but they aren't. I want to take a second to talk about some of my favorite Organifi products and why I love them. When I first started getting into health, I was an avid juicer. I was buying fresh veggies every couple days and wearing out my juicer and also wearing out myself by trying to constantly juice vegetable juices because I wanted to flood my body with all of the nutrients, the phytonutrients that you get from green juices. But after a while, I was like, I cannot 
keep doing this every day and also maintain my job, maintain my social life and everything else. But I really wanted to make sure that I had a good high quality green juice that was organic and I knew that I could trust came from a good source. So when I discovered Organifi, I was so happy. They not only have a green juice, but they also have a red juice. And I really like to mix them together because it really helps with the flavor profile. And you're not only getting all of the green phytonutrients from the green juice, but you're also getting all the antioxidants from the red juice. So it's like a win-win situation. I also really love their chocolate gold. It's their low sugar hot chocolate mix. And it's loaded with ingredients like lemon balm, turkey tail, magnesium chloride, and reishi. Oh, there's also turmeric in there as well. So it really helps to calm down your nervous system before bed, and it really makes me sleepy. It also helps with digestion because you have the turmeric in there, you have cinnamon, you have ginger, black pepper, so it's helping with digestion and inflammation. I'm a really big fan of this. You can also put it in your coffee in the morning, and it kind of helps to balance out the jitters that you might get from your morning coffee. And then another product that I'm really loving and taking every single day is their liver reset. Modern living is incredibly taxing on our liver. Like just existing is hard on our liver because we are constantly being inundated with pesticides, heavy metals, environmental toxins, not to mention if we drink alcohol, that's also going to put a strain on our liver. So I think it's incredibly important that we take something every single day to support our liver health. This product has triphala in it. It also has dandelion, milk thistle, and artichoke extract, which all have been scientifically backed and proven to provide protection for the liver. And then of course, the most important part about Organifi products is that they are all organic and they go a step further by guaranteeing that they are glyphosate residue free. Glyphosate is a known herbicide that is sprayed on a lot of our crops these days. It's also sneaking into organic foods and it is a known carcinogen. So it's incredibly important to make sure that we limit our exposure as much as possible to glyphosate. If you guys want to try any of the Organifi products and get 20% off, go to Organifi.com slash Real Foodology. You're going to see all of my favorite products in that store and you're also going to get 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Real Foodology. Well, and it's interesting because you see this a lot in a lot of different areas um, of the food industry where someone will, you know, people will talk about like, let's say, for example, someone is talking about how lion's mane has really helped with their cognitive function and they really feel a difference. And then someone buys maybe a cheaper version that they don't realize is 70% grains. And they're like, I don't feel a difference. It's like, well, because you're probably not getting a high quality or enough of the lion's mane's lion's mane because they're not being fully transparent with you. And another thing I see that's also an issue with that is if someone struggles with digesting grains, me being one of them, I don't do super well with oats. Like I can eat them a little bit, but my body doesn't do super well with them. So if I'm getting a load of oats with my mushrooms and I don't even know it, and then I'm like, I don't feel great, but I can't pinpoint it to something that sucks, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree to both those testaments. Like people consuming it and not getting the effects. Now it's kind of giving a bad rap to mushrooms. Yeah. And then, yeah, also some people just can't or don't want to, but some people just cannot have grain. Like it's not yeah. great for their digestion and or their diet, their specific diet. And they might not know that there's actually a lot of grain in these products. So um, yeah, I guess transparency and labeling, but you know, consumers can always look at the back packaging on the nutrition or supplement facts. If you see anything of mycelial biomass or brown rice or oats, like, you know, just keep a weary eye. Um, I always do like a, a Smith sniff and taste test. Like I'll compare our powder side by side and you'll see a grain product. You know, these mushrooms are, a lot of them are like dark and like super earthy tones. But if you compare it to the mycelium version, it's white, you know, it's like, mm. whereas, you know, there's a bit of just like, you know, observation you can do before you commit and, uh, you know, make the best judgment yourself. But, and also, you know, some people, the placebo effect is real. So, you know, if that something works for you, I'm not trying to, um, you know, poo poo it and, at the end of the day, it's better than cigarettes. So uh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. What are some <laughs> other things that people should look for when they're buying mushrooms? Like maybe things to look for on the label or um, what are some maybe marketing claims to look out for? Just kind of things like that. Yeah, great question. I mean, one big thing is um, polysaccharides for specific beta-glucans like um, Beta-glucans are the aminomodulatory part of mushrooms, and they are a polysaccharide. So 
unfortunately, polysaccharides are also in rice and oats. So if someone's claiming they have a lot of polysaccharides in their product, that doesn't mean it's mushroom related. And some people are doing that. So um, you just want to be specific about what you're getting and hopefully the company can provide test results. Like we do a third party test result um, showing the beta glucans. Um, additionally, you know, something to know is mushrooms break, as we we're talking about, break down all these uh, toxic compounds in the ecosystem. The one they cannot is heavy metals. They bioaccumulate heavy metals. So again, it's important to get lab results showing the heavy metal results. We also do that third-party test results on heavy metals. Um, extracts or raw mushrooms, this is a big one. You know, mushrooms are made out of chitin. It's the same thing that exoskeletons of insects and shellfish are made of. It's str uh, strongest natural polymer in the world. And most humans can't break that down. So if you're buying just raw mushroom powder, your body's probably not going to be able to digest it. It might even cause upset stomachs. So it's important that your mushrooms have gone through an extract process, whether it be hot water, alcohol, or both, um, which is a dual extract. So yeah, very important that your mushrooms are processed or steamed or extracted in some way to help break down that chitin wall for you to absorb. Um, those are probably the the biggest things I would say, yeah. So, for example, when I put this um, functional superfood powder in my in my hot coffee, are you saying that's what help that helps kind of break it down with the hot coffee, or do you guys do it before? Sorry, you yeah, we actually it? do it before. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so our all our powders have been uh, processed already to be made bioavailable. They've been extracted through a hot water process, and then we have a line of tinctures that have been dual extracted. Um, with it's actually cool. We use Hawaii honey made into a mead and then distilled into a mead shine. So we use Hawaiian alcohol to extract the properties and then a hot water extract too. So it's a dual extract. That's so cool. And I'm looking yeah. at this powder right now that I put in my coffee, and I love that you wrote on all these extract and then put in parentheses fruiting body. So that way yeah. people can look at the product and go, okay, this I know is like legit and it's not full of grains. And also you guys wrote on there the third-party testing, which is, or that you, the lab where you guys got the third-party testing mm -hmm. done. That's awesome. I also talk about this on the podcast that it's so incredibly important that we know, we know the validity of our products. And that's why I always encourage people, if there's a brand that you really like, email them. And if they're good and they're doing right by people, they're going to be probably doing third-party testing. They're going to be able to give you the results. And because stuff with like protein powder is the same thing that you mentioned with the mushrooms that because of the, the soil, they have a really high propensity to be really high in heavy metals. And so you want to make sure that you're getting a good product that doesn't have that in there. 100%. Um, yeah, the third-party testing is big for me. Uh, I have a little story about that, but just to side note, we have that yeah. publicly available on our website too. Like each product page has a link to the third-party test where we update like each updated batch to it. But yeah, my first go at this, when I like found a Rishi supplier, they were in California and I was getting a, a full spectrum powder. It was, so it was full spectrum in this case means mycelium and fruit body. Cause I was like, best of both worlds, fruit body and mycelium. And so I started selling it. And then eventually I asked for a picture of what they harvest before they send it to me. And it was just a mycelial block with a tiny mushroom head on it. And so I, I realized like, oh, you're wow. saying both. It's really 95, 99% mycelium. And that's when I just like, I felt so bad because I felt like, you know, I was trying to educate my customers and trying to get them to take healthy mushrooms. And I felt like, yeah, just like I was doing them a disservice. And um, that really just like put the switch for me to be like, I'm going to be like rigorous about third party testing and uh, validating uh, our raw materials. I'm curious. So why we don't have to necessarily go into all of these because I, I want to be mindful of your time too. But um, like, for example, this, I keep bringing this up, the functional superfood that I put in my coffee every morning. Why yeah. these different mushrooms? Like, is there something about when you put them all together? Is it because of the different properties you're kind of hitting all different angles of like immune modulation and brain cognitive function? And what's kind of the thinking behind all those? Totally. Well, I got all the time in the world, by the way. But uh, Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my, the specific product you're talking about is our uh, functional superfood mushroom powder mix. It's eight different mushrooms in one. Um, the thinking behind there was 
A lot of people, when they're first getting into mushrooms, we're talking about the benefits of lion's mane for the brain, cordyceps for energy, reishi for immunity and fatigue. And they're just like, they're so new to it. And they're like, great, give me them all. And so it's kind of like the multivitamin approach that it's just a great, it's a great entry product for someone new to mushrooms that, you know, they only have $30 to spend on one thing here. This is what I recommend, you know, a little bit of everything. And what's also cool is these mushrooms work synergistically together so that they can, neither of them like, um, you know, cancel out each other, contradict each other. They only work together in unison. Um, so that's kind of the thinking of that broadly. And, but specifically the eight mushrooms in there are the Rishi lion's mane cordyceps, which we talked about, um, chaga, which is an awesome one. We haven't touched on the turkey tail. We have, um, shiitake, you know, easy culinary one that people have access to, but also super good for the immune system and high in antioxidants. And then maitake, another great immunomodulatory mushroom and tremella, mm. which is a, a great mushroom that actually has, a uh, people use it as a beautifying agent topically. It acts similar to hyaluronic acid. You, you can even find skincare products with it today, but um, it's great internally as well. And yeah, so we were just kind of like the eight um, most accessible and most potent mushrooms in one for the multivitamin approach. And that's what um, that's what that product is. It's kind of a great one to lead with. It's in all our chocolate bars and um, all that too. Yeah, it's great. I like this one. I've, you know, I've tried a lot of mushroom powders over the years in my coffee. That's usually the the best way of delivery for me in the morning because it's every morning ritual, you know, and I'm, I really truly mean this. Yours is my favorite because it has this like kind of almost like a chocolatey undertone. So I almost just feel like I'm drinking a mocha. Like I don't feel like I'm tainting my coffee. I just feel like I'm, you know, adding on to the the delicious taste of it. And it's really awesome. So you did a great job with it. Yeah, it's well, really good. You. I appreciate that, Courtney. It means a lot coming from you. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have no shortage of uh, mushroom products <laughs> in the industry you're in and living in LA. <laughs> yes, yes. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. But for good reason, I think. Um, yeah. So is there anything that people can do to like optimize the benefits of mushrooms? Is there like certain things like, like for example, um, I think drinking coffee with lion's mane actually really helps with cognitive function. Is there other things that really help to maybe absorbability or? Yeah. I mean, you nail it. Coffee is great. Um, cacao, chocolate obviously are great too. They're vasodilators. So they open up your blood vessels and in general help with, um, drug delivery or, you know, medicine delivery. So those are the, the top ones that I think of. And that's how I use it, you know, with cacao or in our chocolate bar and coffee as well. So yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that was good. Um, so I've pretty much gone over everything that I really wanted to cover, but is there anything about mushrooms or really just anything we talked about that you feel like people need to hear? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, everybody can make contributions to finding new mushrooms and everybody should like be a citizen scientist. Uh, I highly recommend downloading the app iNaturalist. I have no association with it besides I'm a fan and it can help you identify mushrooms, but also it contributes to a global community science platform. Um, that's a big thing. I think I, I'd be remiss not to mention uh, a project we're connected with out here in response to the, the fires in Maui. Oh, yeah. um, our friends are actually have started a bioremediation project to work on, you know, all the ash full of like plastics and paint and all these toxic gnarly stuff are still just on the ground and at risk of a rainfall washing them into our ocean. So mm. I just want to plug my friends at bio, MauiBioRem.org, MauiBioRem.org. So they're doing awesome work over there and hopefully securing some government funding soon, but could use some um, other, you know, support. So um, other than that, yeah, everybody, you know, look out for mushrooms, take a picture and try to identify it. That's my homework for everybody. I love that. I'm going to download this app. I hike all the time and I'm always seeing, you know, different species. My mom actually, my mom lives in Colorado for a lot of the year in Telluride and she goes mushroom foraging a lot with her friends. And so I started every time I was on a hike and I found like a new mushroom I didn't know. I started sending my mom photos being like, mom, what is this? What is this? Uh, so it's been fun. So it's cool to have an app that I can do that with too. 
Cool. Totally. Yeah. Just don't post your chanterelle spot if you find it. But uh, yeah, that's, I forgot. My mom has told me that. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I forgot. I think we were like almost missed each other in Telluride this summer. Yes. I know. Yeah. We'll have to figure out a time that we can link up and maybe we can go mushroom foraging because I would love to go mushroom foraging with you. That'd be so fun. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. California gets those winter rains. So yeah, winter and spring are the best time. So yeah, we'll get something going. That'll be super fun. Yeah, I would love that. Um, okay. So before we go, I'm going to ask you what I ask all my guests, which is um, what are your personal health non-negotiables? So things that you do to prioritize your own health. Great question. I was prepared for this one because I'm a fan of the pod. But Thank you. Um, Honestly, sunlight, like, uh, like I think yours was walking. Um, mine is like, yeah, walking in the sun first thing in the morning. Like my day is visibly, uh, I'm more sluggish if I don't do that and see the sun early in the morning. I'm, I'm also a Huberman fanboy, so he partly is responsible for that. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that, that's my biggest one. Like, yeah, physical movement, but like even just walking and in, in the sun, that is just the baseline of everything else I feel. Yes, I love that. Um, okay, so please tell everyone where they can find Malama Mushrooms, maybe where they can find you, anything you want to plug. Totally. So Malama Mushrooms, Malama spelled M-A-L-A-M-A, mushrooms.com. We have an awesome Instagram that my sister runs. I didn't mention we're like a family-run business. So my sister does a social media, my mom and dad are involved. Um, so there's that. And then um, so the Instagram at Malama Mushrooms and I, I don't have much of an Instagram presence, so just follow Malama Mushrooms. And then, oh, our products, sorry, our products are found throughout the nation at a lot of independent health food stores. And if you're in California, uh, the Bristol Farms chain and Lazy Acres, as well as, as well as many other independent chains, we have a store locator on our website you can use, or you can order off our website. We'll send it to you from Kona. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you. you, Courtney. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked the episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie. Georgie is spelled with a J. For more amazing podcasts produced by my team, go to resonantmediagroup.com. I love you guys so much. See you next week. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. As always, talk to your doctor or your health team first. Looking to build a more robust foundation in your health and well-being? From the producer of the Real Foodology podcast comes one of the most popular alternative health shows on Apple Podcasts, The Dr. Tina Show. Dr. Tina Moore is a naturopathic physician and chiropractor, traditionally and alternatively trained in science and medicine. The show features exclusive interviews with experts such as Sean Stevenson, Mike Mutzel, Mark Groves, and even solo episodes covering metabolic health, pharmaceuticals, chronic diseases, long-hauler syndrome, and pain management. Dr. Tina delivers the information in a no-nonsense, real-world style, and she has the science to back it up. The Dr. Tina Show is edgy, entertaining, and informative. Every episode will leave you with a new pearl of health wisdom to expand your knowledge base. When you're empowered, you can do better for yourself, your family, and your community. Resilience is the name of the game, and Dr. Tina is here to guide you on your way. Listen to The Dr. Tina Show today on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resident Media.